Hello and welcome to a new episode of Straight Talk, the podcast brought to you by Mahindra Racing. I'm Nikki Shields and I'll be your host for this episode. Now, as I'm sure you've all listened to the first episode, you will know that this podcast is all about taking you under the skin of Formula E, the world's first all-electric street racing championship. We give you unprecedented access to the sport through... Some pretty awesome conversations, off-record chats with drivers, paddock personalities, and uh, a couple of special guests as well. Now, we are currently sitting in the pit lane. It's the evening after what has been an absolutely manic race here in Marrakesh. The sun has set. It's quite dark. The temperature is dropping, and slowly the garages are being packed up. So you might say that everyone is winding down for the evening. However... Alongside me, I have a man who is still buzzing on adrenaline and excitement from what has been an epic day of racing. It is, of course, Mahindra's very own Jerome D'Ambrosio and the winner of today's Marrakesh Ibri and the current championship leader. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, go on. Wipe that cheeky grin off your face. Uh, Jerome, congratulations. I mean, we got to start. What a win. I have never heard anyone scream so loudly down a team radio at the end of the race than you. <laughs> it feels so good. You know, winning, winning it on track, uh, such an intense race. I mean, you know, there wasn't a moment in the race where I felt I could just relax a bit and anything could have happened at any time. So that was just, yeah, such a relief, such joy. The first race I actually win on track, I think... Uh, since GP2 Monaco 2010, it just feels amazing. There's um, the chief, uh, the chief uh, mechanic at uh, at Edams uh, that every race comes to me. And he was my chief mechanic back then. Uh, keeps on winding me up and says, "Remember the last race you won was with me," and and now that's not anymore, you know. And so all those years, and obviously you go through Formula One, smaller teams, you're in positions where you cannot. You can't just fight. You, you can't fight for the win. And we were close, obviously, in my first couple of seasons in Formula E. But now joining Mahindra, having a team and and, and a car that works so well, uh, being there, winning it on track feels feels amazing. It's something you can't describe. And I was just so happy. I was, you know, yeah. I just let it all out on the radio. And, it was uh, wonderful to see and to hear. The whole world heard it. I think. <laughs> Um, but it was also very emotional what you said afterwards, you know, to, to our, well, it was our interview to camera when you were talking about everyone who you wanted to thank, everyone who supported you over the last few years. It hasn't been an easy journey. You know, you've been in Formula E since pretty much the beginning. You've raced for a team that, you know, you struggled to have successes with, but you stuck with it. You've been determined and you've jumped across uh, to Mahindra Racing and you've had an absolutely flying start to this season yeah i mean for sure i've, I've had some great moments uh, in the past as well you know and, and i think that has to to be said as well but uh but yeah the last two seasons were really challenging sorry yes i wasn't yeah. saying that you basically had a really bad <laughs> formula e career i wasn't saying no that. no no i'm just saying that you know every team tries their best and you know you have to, a lot of things have to come together but for sure Starting the season like this with Mahindra, I mean, last year tough season. There's been critical moments for my career as well. What was going, what was going to happen, and so on. And and as I said, you know, uh, people, the family, and, and and the people close to you, 
stick with you on those in, in during those moments where you're moody, where you know things are not going your way, where you wonder, looking back at it, oh, they ever stuck to you and stayed, you know, stayed by your side because it's just difficult. And we race car drivers, we want to win, we want to perform. But then, you know, with the support of these uh, of these key people, uh, you keep on, you know, working forward, working together as a family. That's the people you, you want to celebrate with, obviously, and you want to share these moments. So that and then, obviously, the team. Um, the team, you're working with them. You have to think, you know, hours, simulators in the background. People don't see that. People see uh, showing up at the racetrack. You know, everything's great, everything's, uh, you know, fine-tuned, everything's polished. But there's a work in the background that is enormous. Some, you know, I think most of the guys at Mahindra Racing didn't have a proper Christmas or New Year's. They were working at it, getting this race ready. Uh, it's a lot on them, it's a lot on their families, it's a lot on everybody. And so to be able to go to go and get a win after that, for all of us, it's it's a relief and it's it's a pure joy. And it's, I think, also most of all the motivation to keep on to keep on going at it. And I would pay good money to see how excited Dilbag Gill got during the end of that race again. So can you please make sure that happened? Because he was one very happy team principal, wasn't he? I think he called you a... Was it a hero, a legend? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I'm not sure I agree, it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, Dilbag is, you know, he's enthusiastic. He's so passionate. It's like the team's like his, you know, his baby. And he's like, it's really gives so much of himself as well. You know, one of the people I think travels the most around the paddock to get these things going. And, and it's just, he's really passionate about it. You know, passioneering, you know, all these, these key words and, and, and so on that, that the ethic and, the, and the, the, the value and the emotions that he brings in the team, you see it live on TV. And it's it's intense. I mean, he wants the results. And I think he told me and, and Pascal, we had dinner all together on, on Thursday. I don't know how many times um, Pascal uh, he, he said to us, you know, like, uh, this has been... <laughs> <laughs> this has been, you know, this is our track. This is uh, this is our car. This is, you know, basically just you have to go and do it, and and he loves it. But you know, with everybody in the background putting so much effort and so much of their personal life into it and dedication, you feel like you want to perform. You know, you really, really want to give that extra bit as well as a race car driver. So it starts amazingly well, and uh, I'll make everything. I'll, I'll do everything in my power to make sure that it continues that way. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Uh, well, very well deserved. Uh, now, also joining us, new to the Mahindra team, Pascal Verline. Now, Hi. hello. How are you? How are you doing? You've literally just walked out of your very first race debrief. You're probably, I would imagine, absolutely shattered because it's a pretty intense day, this Formula E malarkey. You know, I don't know why they make us do it. Two practice sessions, calling and race <laughs> all in one day. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, like still a bit disappointed about the race, obviously, but uh, it was a fun day anyway. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, the team was doing so well. Jerome did amazing. Also happy about my qualifying. So, yeah, many positives to take away. Yes, lots of positives. To, you know, qualifying, I think you uh, qualified in seventh, was it? Yeah. Uh, which is pretty good for your debut performance. Uh, but talk us through the unfortunate situation of what happened at the start of today's race for you? I had a good start. I went on the outside, was breaking quite late and, uh, you know, I felt like I could have made one place up and then suddenly I got a big hit from behind and uh, the suspension broke, the, the rim was damaged, the uh, tyre as well. So, um, 
yeah, someone just forgot to break. To their brakes. <laughs> yeah, we see that quite often. <laughs> yeah, it happens quite often. Yeah, I think well, it happened uh, with poor Tom Dillman <laughs> during qualifying, managed to unfortunately not break and went straight into the back of Robin Fraser and then into Sam Bird. Uh, but that's another story. Um, but, I mean, how... So gutting, really, for you, because I know you were coming in here to kind of really show the team what your capabilities were. You were feeling super positive with that qualifying result. It could have been an absolutely epic race and, and a really good one for the team. But how do you pick yourself up from here? And, you know, in two weeks time, we're going to be racing again in uh, Chile, in Santiago. How do you feel about that? Uh, really looking forward to, to Santiago. We know that we have the potential. You know, the first race probably um, was a bit chaotic uh, with weather and everything, but this was a normal race weekend and we could see that we have a competitive car. So that's great. And especially in the race, it seems like uh, we have a really, really fast car. So, um, yeah, and that's why I'm looking forward to, to the next race to hopefully finally have my first <laughs> first race well you you definitely can't really complain about the car because seeing your teammate having put it on the podium twice now you know you've got the right package to do it I've got to ask you though you know you've got a history in formula one obviously it's running a completely different powertrain completely different car but what have the main differences i suppose been to you coming into this new racing championship um Well, there were many new things to me. I mean, first of all, when you jump into the car, you realize there's no sound and no gears. So, you know, the first impression is is that um, the last time I had that was in karting, you know, you, where you don't have to shift and still you have the sound, but uh, it's, it's a bit different if you have just one gear to drive. Yeah, and then just the driving is is different with 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 these tires, with the car, with the aero we have. You know, in the race, the energy management, you have to think so much in the race. So, yeah, it's really difficult to compare it. <laughs> so basically, there are no similarities whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Okay, more like DTM. <laughs> <laughs> no, DTM is also no. different. Uh, well, it's brilliant to, to see you here and we do wish you all the best uh, of luck in the next race in Santiago. Can we quickly just sort of, both, <laughs> you're both sitting here, touch upon the the use of attack mode in Marrakesh because we've now had two races I know Pascal you've only had one but we've had two races with this new innovative strategic tool that basically created a pretty awesome end to today's race it was awesome from an entertainment perspective from a fan's perspective from a driver's perspective is it awesome or is it a little bit annoying It's good for the fans, and it's yeah. difficult for us to uh, to handle in the car because, yeah, for sure you get it at the wrong time or, you know, you go get it and make a mistake and miss it and lose Exactly. Time. I mean, it's things can happen with that. And I think this is why Formula E is so entertaining. It's because it's not about having, you know, I don't know how many uh, hundreds of kilos of downforce and having the... Having necessarily the the uh, the fastest car on the on the planet, it's about making sure that the cars are difficult to drive, are obviously working on technologies that are sustainable, but that it, it we keep it a challenge for the drivers. Yeah. You know, we don't have much downforce. The, the tires are don't have that much grip. They're good tires, but they're tires that need to work on the the groove tires. Um, 
So it's really difficult uh, for us. Uh, the attack mode make it even more difficult. Made it a bit of you know strategy there. And so yeah, I think that's what formally is, and it's for the it's the same for everyone. So. Um, yeah, I think I'm for it. Uh, it was difficult to handle. There's a mm-hmm. couple times in the race I was with my engineer. Should I do it? Should I not do it? No, wait. You know, it's like, you know, you see, th- see things from the car. You feel things. They see things, obviously, much more engineering point of view. But there's this discussion going. It creates show. And informally, it's growing so rapidly. It's because the fans are enjoying it so much. And so I think, you know, we've got every component to, to have a really a poorly mobile championship and and on every perspective, fan perspective, that you know, working on the right technology, you know, doing the right things in the right place, right locations. And uh, that's why I think it's all successful. So we have to embrace that fan boost, attack mode, all these things. We have to embrace it to to be more in touch with what uh, what the people want. Absolutely. And as you say, if used correctly, you can actually ban- benefit hugely from it. It's uh, it's just obviously uh, tricky if, uh, if if you don't, which we've seen in the past. Uh, but you used it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it worked right. well. It was tight with Robin when I used my first one. I mean, he came side by side. Happily, I, uh, I, I managed to keep the position. In the second time, it worked well. So yeah, I mean, you know, it didn't work well for me in, uh, in uh, where was it, in uh, Riyadh. <laughs> I, uh, I lost the position there to Jeff. I was the only one not having it. This time we did it a bit differently. It's it's entertaining. And uh, and as I say, it's difficult for us in the car, but, you know, the championship is not trying to make our life, you know, easier. It's trying to make sure that we have a good show. And looking at the championship, because it feels like season five, and we, we've always said this about Formula E, there is such a competitive driver lineup. But, you know, now that Pascal is here, it's just stepped up a notch. It's even more competitive than ever. Uh, but really, you know, looking down the grid, the DS to Cheetah guys, despite obviously Jean-Eric Verne had a bit of a disastrous beginning at turn one, which saw him go straight to the back of the grid. But I think he still finished up in P6, perhaps? Yeah, around there. Uh, did very well. And then if we look at the Envision Virgin guys who are running the Audi powertrain, they were also doing really well. Then you've got BMW, I Andretti. I mean, who do you think are going to be the contenders, the ones to beat this season? Now we've had two races and we've got a little bit more insight. The guys you mentioned, and I think clearly in terms of qualifying pace, uh, BMW has been up there mm-hmm. on the front, both races. They're, they were there in Valencia. There's a chance for everyone, I think. It's the guys that are not going to make too many mistakes. Pascal, your view? Uh, Tichita, BMW. Yeah, there's, yeah. And that's it. Probably <laughs> us, no? We are also quite yes. strong. Maybe not so strong in, in quali. We can still improve there, but in we have a good race car. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Not sure about Audi. They were. I mean, I think Audi can be as fast as uh, they can be as fast as Envision. They have the same powertrain. The Cheetah is is fast. We saw it. Uh, BMW. There's a bunch of people who can really be up there. Yeah. Uh, so how nervous are you? <laughs> mm. He doesn't look never, nervous, does he? Never nervous. <laughs> he doesn't look nervous. He does look very confident. I would just like to say that now um, Haskell's changed into he's wearing white skinny jeans, a red hoodie with the hood up, and then a black <laughs> puffer jacket over the top, looking very cool. Jerome, but Jerome is also quite you know, cool, no? Are you wearing your free trainers? He looks like the Belgian Eminem. Well, I know Eminem. you get your free Hugo Boss trainers, I which you like normally wear. I look like the Belgian Eminem. <laughs> no, look, 
It's, he is wearing a little beanie to keep his ears warm. I, I tell you, I was freezing all week. This is a jacket I went and bought here on uh, Thursday. I was such uh, in a bad mood. When was it? Hey, Thursday morning with uh, our PR Haley. I went. She took me like doing some filming at eight thirty in the morning. I didn't have a jacket. I was. You need to feed me. Make sure I'm warm and make sure I I sleep. If if I don't get these these three things, I'm just in the worst possible mood. So they went and we bought a nice jacket, which I've been wearing nonstop since. I was about to sleep with it as well. I'm loving it. And um, no, but it's been freezing in the morning. It has um, been very cold. Um, just one question, Jerome. You recently proposed to your, well, now fiance. Were they the conditions of uh, getting married? You need to keep me warm, keep mm-hmm. me fed and make sure I get enough sleep. <laughs> I don't know if she handles it. <laughs> she's an angel. I'm um, lucky. She is indeed. No, she's absolutely lovely. Um, and congratulations on that as well, by the way. Thank you. Um, now, alongside you, we've actually got, who's just joined us, Alessandro Mellon, who is a graphic designer. And uh, Alessandro, we're going to introduce you because you won a competition, didn't you? Tell us a little bit about the competition that you won and why you're here in Marrakesh. Yeah, exactly. I won a competition from uh, Mindra and uh, Jean D'Ambrosio. So, uh, as you said, I'm a graphic designer and uh, motorsport is my, pa- my passion since uh, I'm a child. I drew uh, helmets and, uh, and cars uh, very early and uh, making my passion uh, and uh, making my helmets is, uh, is, uh, is a dream come true. And uh, it's a very, uh, very beautiful work. So, Jerome, Alessandro was tasked with um, redesigning your helmet, which um, I think previously it was a sort of red, white and blue stripe. I mean, OK, yes, I'm not a graphic designer. And that is my basic way of describing the design. <laughs> I had the um, same design. I changed the color, but I had the same design yeah, since like 2007. So how has it changed and what do you think of it? I love it. Um, I mean, we ran, I was with Dilbag in Valencia and I said, ah, I want to do a helmet competition. I think it's a cool concept. You, in, you engage with the fans, you get them, you know, in the paddock, you include them. You know, Mahindra, the, the, the car has been designed by, uh, by fans as well. Uh, so it's a really cool way to just, you know, get in touch with them and make them part of, uh, formerly E, part of the real show. And so, no, I, we ran the competition and then there's this, uh, well, it was this design that I really liked from Alessandro. I didn't know, it. Al- Alessandro's from Belgium actually and with an Italian background and I promise I didn't uh, choose his design for that. Uh, it was a pure coincidence. Um, no, I like the design. Yeah, I like it that much. I'm, I'm going to keep it for, and it's a good luck. Good luck charm as well, uh, apparently. So uh, I'm going to keep it in the future. It's, it's. I wanted to make my my design a bit more modern, and that's what he did, and I really, uh, really like it. Oh well, Al- Alessandro, you have provided the lucky charm. <laughs> yeah, it seems <laughs> you're going to have to come to every race now. <laughs> Maybe just the helmet. <laughs> well, well done. Um, now that was I- dry humor. <laughs> I was always dry humor with me, Jerome. You know that by now. <laughs> now, in Saudi Arabia, you had very little time to celebrate because, of course, you didn't really get any champagne there. However, I know that there is a massive bottle of Moët and Chardon. Well, I don't know what's happening here. We have you. no champagne on the podium. Don't you worry. I know where the champagne okay, is. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Why do you think my name is Champagne Shield? <laughs> uh, so in that case, I mean, pretty much everyone here in the pit lane is wrapping up they're closing their front of the garages they are going to be preparing actually for the test day tomorrow 
But in the meantime, we don't need to worry about that. And so oh, I think no. we should go and celebrate with a glass or I, bottle um, or five bottles or what's it called? What, what is a Methuselah or a ma- ma- what, uh, uh, Jeroboam? No, Jeroboam, that'll do. Methuselah. That'll, that'll, I'll take that too. Let's have them all. <laughs> uh, let's start with the Jeroboam because I can say that word. Uh, let's start off with a Jeroboam of champagne to celebrate what has been a cracking start Thank to you season so much. five for you Jambro- Jerome D'Ambrosio and uh, and the Mahindra Racing Team thank you very much thanks everyone see you in Chile remember to subscribe and tune in next time thanks for listening